right, guys, welcome to this episode of Birthkeeper Banter. We are here with Lindsay, and she is going to talk to us about her pregnancies and births, um, especially highlighting her VBAC free birth. So, Lindsay, can you start with your first pregnancy? Tell me how that went and what happened with that birth. Yeah, so my first pregnancy, I was 18. Um, so I was still in school. I actually like graduated when I was like seven weeks pregnant. Um, so I was still living at home with my dad and all that good stuff. Um, I had a miscarriage like before, like prior to that, when I was probably about 16 or 17. Um, and so I just remember being really like on edge with this pregnancy because that miscarriage really impacted me. Um, for for whatever reason, being a teenager, um, I really wanted a baby. Like, I know we don't hear like teenagers say that a lot, but I did. I remember just really wanting the pregnancy to stick and everything to like go through and be healthy. Um, and at like nine weeks, I was having just like a lot of cramping. So I was having a lot of cramping and just not feeling good. So I went to the ER um, and I was also like throwing up a lot. Like I couldn't keep anything down. So I was really dehydrated. And I went in and uh, they were like, okay, well, we're going to draw your blood. And if that seems fine, we're just going to send you home. If something is like not looking good with it, we're going to do an ultrasound. So I remember waiting in the ER room and they just rolled the ultrasound machine in. And so I was like, oh, great. You know, here we go again. And they did the ultrasound and the ultrasound tech like turned the screen toward me, which isn't like the norm. Normally in an ER, they won't like let you see and they won't let you talk to, like they won't talk to you about it. Um, and she like pointed at the screen and she's like, oh, you know, both of your baby's heartbeats are strong. Both of your babies look good. And so that was when I found out I was having twins. And so. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so- I was, I was 18. I had my sister there with me. Um, so thankfully I wasn't alone, but I just kind of was like shook. I was just in shock that I was having twins. I didn't know like what to think about it. Um, so that explained, like, they told me that my HCG was like super high and that's why they wanted to do an ultrasound. So that's how I found that out. Um, I Real quick, do twins run in your pregnant, uh, not in your pregnancy, in your family? So my twins are identical. They were mono dye. Um, so they shared a placenta, but had a separate sac. Um, my, br- my brother-in-law and sister-in-law. So my husband's brother and sister are twins, but they're fraternal twins. Mm. So mine kind of came out of left field. Like I really wasn't expecting that. I don't know anyone like close to us in our family that has identical twins. Wow. So I really don't know where it came from. So like we really were not expecting it. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, after that, I pretty much just kind of fell into, you know, like routine, like what you're like supposed to do when you're pregnant. Like you, you find an OB, you go to your doctor's appointments, you, you know, do all the testing and whatever they say. Um, right off the bat, they labeled me as high risk. So, um, I had all the testing. I had so many ultrasounds. I can't count. Um, and then just at 37 weeks, I was just, you know, scheduled for a C-section. Um, I remember talking to my OB and, and wanting a natural birth and, and telling him, I, you know, I'd rather like try for a natural birth. But um, he, he said something along the lines of, 
well, I can let you do that, but if one of your babies die, it's going to be your fault, and you're going to feel really bad that you didn't just go with the C-section. Yuck. Yeah. That is disgusting. Yeah. Wow. I wonder if they taught him to say that kind of stuff. Yeah, it, it was really gross. So, I mean, I'm 18, and I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, well, I mean, okay, I don't want my babies to die. Of course not. So, yeah, let's schedule this C-section. Um, just, so just really uneducated and just kind of let like the fear mongering kind of get to me. So I didn't really question it. I just kind of went along with it. Yeah. So, I mean, my C-section was just as, as, you know, normal as a C-section can get. It was really like cut and dry. Um, it was fine. They were healthy. I was healthy. Um, one was like five pounds, nine ounces. The other was five pounds, 15 ounces. So they were good size babies. Um, what gestation did they do it at? At 37 weeks. So they took them okay. early. I didn't have like any signs of like anything wrong. Uh, they said that that's just what they routinely did with twins is take them at 37 weeks. Mm-hmm. So they said they considered that full term with twins. Um I was measuring 43 weeks when I, my fundal height was like 43 when I had them. So I was, I was huge. I was so like miserable. And I mean, I remember like just being ready to get them out too. Absolutely. Um, Cause you're a tiny person. And I am. That was your I first am. Pregnancy. Yeah. I think I was like probably 114 pounds or something like that. And I'm like, I'm five, six. Um, so, I mean, I'm pretty petite person. I remember my dad being worried that, like, I wouldn't be able to carry them at all just because I was, like, petite. So, everybody made a really big deal about how how thin I am and being pregnant with twins. So, that was, like, a thing, too, that I heard about every appointment. Right. <laughs> so, that's, like, that. I feel like I always hear that with each pregnancy. Oh, you're so tiny. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. um. Yeah, I mean, it, it went fine. It wasn't it wasn't what I wanted, but we were healthy and they were healthy. And um, I, I mean, I didn't get to see them right after birth. I didn't I didn't get to hold Aiden. Um, he was baby A. I didn't get to hold him for probably at least a couple of hours. They took him right away because he had low blood sugar. Um, I remember them giving him like an IV and different things and just not seeing him. Um, for a couple hours after birth, I remember them handing me Austin, um, like once I got into the recovery room and it's just all very blurry. I was just really drugged up. I was nauseous. I was shaking. Um, I remember not feeling like I could hold him. I remember like giving him back to the nurse because I felt like I was going to drop him. Um, so, I mean, I was extremely sick a little bit after that, too. I started throwing up, and it was just not a very good postpartum. Um, so that's how that went with them. Uh, and I guess I'm trying to think when we started to try to get pregnant with my daughter. The boys were probably like, I think they were like 18 months old. They were like a year and a half. And we wanted another baby. And I remember, I mean, let me back up a little bit. So, like, after I had them, I really kind of started to dive into, like, my research. I started, like, looking into, like, vaccines and circumcision. And, I, I mean, I started cloth diapering. I was exclusively breastfeeding them. 
um, I just kind of really like started diving into my, I guess, like crunchy ways. <laughs> like the, the more I got into motherhood, like the more I started to find my path into that. And I knew that my next pregnancy, I wanted to have a VBAC. Um, and I knew that I wanted to have a home birth. I don't remember like how I got introduced to home birth. Um, I think it was probably through the IBCLC that I worked with uh, at WIC. I got a job at WIC as a breastfeeding counselor. And um, she was a midwifery student. And uh, she kind of opened my ears to home birth. And so I knew that I wanted to have a home birth uh, with my next baby. And so in between me having the boys and trying to get pregnant with Emma, I had two miscarriages. Um, One was a chemical and one was probably around like six weeks. Um, And then I I finally got pregnant with Emma. And I hired a midwife. Um, I knew that's what I wanted to do. We didn't have a whole lot of money at the time, but I was like, you know what? Like, we're going to make this work. I don't care if I have to make payments or sell some stuff or whatever. Like, we're going to make this work because I want to have this baby at home. I don't want to go to a hospital. Um, And so I hired a midwife and I got to like, I think 16 weeks and I had my first ultrasound. And it was, like, supposed to be, like, a fun, like, gender ultrasound. And uh, I showed the pictures to my midwife, and she thought she saw something on them. And I don't know if I'm saying this right, so you might have to, like, correct me, but uh, circumvallate placenta. Am I saying that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she thought she noticed that going on. And so, like, it was a big deal from then on out. She was like, oh, if you have this, you could hemorrhage and I mean we live in the middle of nowhere and at that point I was like living on the wood like in the woods on five acres like not close to anybody and so she was like you know we're out here you know we don't have access to a hospital blah 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 um if this is what you have like all these things could go wrong and these things could happen and so I want you to go to a maternal fetal medicine doctor and have like an extensive ultrasound to see if like this is what you have so, um, I mean, of course, like at that point, like I'm worried, I trust my midwife, you know, I think she has like my best interest at heart and I'm like, Oh God, like if she thinks she sees this, I need to get it checked out. And so I go, I had to go three hours away for that ultrasound. The ultrasound was like an hour long. It was the longest ultrasound of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, they looked at everything and it's weird because like, I don't really remember them talking to me a lot a lot about it I just like they didn't give me a whole lot of information like they didn't really talk directly to me they talked to my midwife and so I'm I'm guessing they told my midwife like yeah it looks like she has this because at that point my midwife dropped me from care um she said yeah she was like I don't feel comfortable taking this on uh you need to Lindsay, I think you disappeared again. The show, not there. Lindsay. <laughs> come back, come back. <laughs> come back to us. Message her. It was going real good. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Do you hear the rain at all? Nope. Cool. That is so great. Oh my goodness. Here we go. 
Oh no. Maybe she'll hop back on. Oh, she said she could hear us, but we couldn't hear her. Um. Interesting. It's like like right around 15 minutes. Yeah. Okay, are y'all there? Yep. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I got I got like a phone call and I swiped out of it and I don't know like I don't know if that interrupted it. Probably. Wow. Yeah, it does that sometimes. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're it's okay. Um, I'm trying to think where I was. Oh, so my midwife. Your midwife just dropped you. Yeah, she dropped me. Um, she, I, she, I remember her calling me, like, at work. Like, I was working at WIC, and she was like, you know, I'm going to have to drop you from care. She did refund me all of the money I paid her. That's awesome. Um, I was going to ask that. Yeah, because we had, we had paid her at least half. Like, it was a couple thousand dollars that we paid her already um because I remember like telling my husband like I want to take a good chunk of money out of savings and like pay her at least half so we don't have to worry about it because I was just really dedicated to having this midwife and um but she she did refund me everything that we paid her so that was really nice um on her end because I I hear like so many times that midwives like aren't refunding when they drop people from most of the time, most of the time. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I mean, I was thankful for that aspect. So she called me at work. Um, she told me she was dropping me from my care. And I just remember like we had some steps outside at the back, like of our office. And I just like sat there for like 30 minutes. And I was like, I I was just staring at the ground because I was like, okay, like, what do I do now? Because I don't, I don't want to do this. I won't go to the hospital. I don't want to see these doctors. I don't want to have all these ultrasounds. Like I had already been through a pregnancy where I was treated like as high risk and it just was not, it, it was not for me. I mean, I don't think it's for anybody, but it was just so stressful. Um, I don't know, like all the ultrasounds, like I think I was having an ultrasound at least every four weeks and then they wanted to do one like every two weeks they kept wanting to check my placenta and then like I remember at 20 weeks they were like oh your placenta is low lying you might have to have another c-section um and then they wanted to bring me back for another ultrasound a couple weeks later for that so it was just all these appointments I was driving um for the ultrasounds I was driving three hours away because they wanted me to see the maternal fetal medicine doctor. So I'm in Southeast Texas. I was, I'm like close to like the Beaumont area. I don't, y'all probably don't know where that's at, but I was having to drive to Galveston, uh, which is a good ways away. Um, and I was going to like the smaller clinic. That's like a, like a branch of the bigger office in Galveston that was like an hour away. So I was able to like have prenatals there. And like, I got to the point where I just started refusing everything. Like they wanted to weigh me. And I was like, no, they wanted to check my fundal height. And I said, no, they wanted to do the Doppler. And I said, no, like, I just started saying no to everything. And, um, they wanted me to get the vaccines. And I was like, no, like, no, this, no, that I'm not doing a blood sugar test. I'm not doing the strep B. You're not giving me a cervical check. Like all of these things, I don't know what came over me, but I finally just started telling them no. Um, And not to, I mean, I kept doing the ultrasounds for whatever reason. I don't know why. I don't know if like I still have like some like fear in the back of my head, but I did keep letting them do the ultrasounds. Um, 
And at 36 weeks, I think, they told me that they were going to induce me at 39 weeks, that that's just what they did with all of their VBAC uh, patients. And at that point, I said no again, and I switched to a doctor in Houston, which was about two and a half, three hours away from me. Um, and this doctor in Houston, it's actually, it's like a, a large hospital and they have a, they have like one of the best VBAC success rates for this area. Our area is not very VBAC friendly at all. And, uh, their hospital was one of the better ones that took like my insurance and that I could go to. Um, and they took me at 38 weeks. They basically, I had one appointment with them and they said, yeah, just come in when you're in labor and we'll let you have a VBAC. So that's what I did. Um, I went to labor with her at like 41 weeks. I had like the idea that I wanted to, I didn't want an epidural. I didn't want pain medication. I wanted to like move around. I wanted to be able to get in the shower. Like, you know, we hear all of these stories like, oh, I want a natural birth in the hospital. And like, that's, that's what I wanted. Um, and I didn't realize like how hard that was to get. Um, Cause the minute I walked in, they were like, oh, do you want some pain medicine? And this and that, I think they ended up giving me fentanyl. And then I finally got back in triage and I, I didn't know like how to cope with like the pain. I didn't, I wasn't like breathing through it. I didn't know what to do. Um, I just remember like feeling like I wanted to crawl out of my skin and my husband didn't know what to do. And we were just there by ourselves and they just kept asking me if I wanted an epidural. And I finally said, yeah, give me the epidural. Um, and so I mean, birth plan, like, basically out the window at that point. <laughs> then um, I went through all that, and I'm, I had her. Um, I will say that I had a great nurse. I had a wonderful nurse who um, they, they gave me Pitocin. And I remember telling her, like, that these contractions are really hard. Like, they're one on top of the other. They're really strong. Like, can we turn the Pitocin down? And she said, well, I'm supposed to, like, tell you no that we're not supposed to turn it off after you've already started it. But if you tell me that you're not consenting to it any longer then I have to. And so she was just kind of a nurse like that. Like she, she said what she was supposed to say by their book while also let, letting me know that I could withdraw consent. What That's so awesome. awesome. That is yeah. great. Yeah. So I wish we had more nurses like her because she was very much, she was so helpful and, she knew that like, this wasn't the, the, the birth that I wanted. Like I told her like my whole life story and she, she really helped me like get into different positions. She helped me with like pain management. She helped keep me off of my back. Um, she showed me like how to use a peanut ball and, and different things. She turned the lights down. She made sure a lot of people weren't coming in and out. She, she was awesome. Uh, i like, she was probably, like, the only reason that I, I feel like I had a decent hospital birth experience. So, I, I really appreciated that from her. Um, I had Emma. It was, like, the whole, like, coached pushing thing. They were like, oh, you're 10. You're ready to push. I didn't feel anything. Um, they, they, like, counted while they told me to push and... Um, it was just really hard. Like, I just remember feeling like I couldn't breathe. And I, at one point I was like, you know, just give me the C-section. Like, I can't do this. Um, and then she was born. 
uh, have a second degree tear, probably for just pushing against my body and not being able to, what was going on down there. Um, and I do remember asking to see my placenta because I was like, I want to see this crazy thing that like kept me from having my home birth and it was perfectly fine. There was nothing wrong with it. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that typical? Yeah. I later found out that you can't accurately diagnose that condition through ultrasound. Right. Absolutely not. Yep. Yeah. You can't. And even so, like, I'm pretty sure that I'm not sure if it's circumvallate or circummarginate. I can't um, like decipher it, which one I think it actually is. But I had one of those for my recent birth and I bled a lot, but I was okay. So the fact that they were like no home birth is just ridiculous because people do birth with placentas that have variation and they're totally fine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She was like. Yeah, you could hemorrhage and you're out here in the middle of the woods and we don't have any hospitals that I could get. I don't know that she, I guess she didn't carry Pitocin. I don't really know like our midwifery like regulations on Midwest and Texas carrying Pitocin. I'm not sure. Um, But it seemed like she told me like, I don't carry Pitocin either if you do start to hemorrhage. So yeah, like basically like you could die. She was scared. She sounds like she was scared because you can hemorrhage regardless. You can have. Yeah. No issue and still hemorrhage. So what does she do in those scenarios? That would make me really question her ability to hold space. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I mean, I'm not thinking about any of that at that point because I just wasn't educated. Like, I thought right. I was educated, right. but I wasn't. I, I thought that I knew all of these things, but I, I didn't know. I, I knew just the bare minimum to know, to, to know that I didn't want to be in the hospital. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, like, go further into educating myself or like I I don't know like I just wasn't like at that point in my life to where I was like I don't know like researching deeper when I should have been which I, I don't fault myself for that it's just like where I was in life I just right. I wasn't there uh, yet it comes with our journey like and with each kid like we learn more I find so yeah yeah be hard on yourself you definitely do I mean I went from like yeah, I'm going to do everything the doctor says to like telling the no to like everything, but still also doing things that they wanted me to do. Like it kind of didn't make sense, but like, it was just like a slow, like finding your uphill way. battle. Yeah. <laughs> just finding my way. And so, yeah. So they showed me my placenta. There was nothing wrong with it. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Okay. Well, you know, it's on my baby. Um, my postpartum, like, my, my birth there, like, they were pretty um, respectful, but, like, my postpartum sucked. They they told me if I didn't give her vitamin K, they were going to call CPS. Um, and so I ended up letting them give her vitamin K. Um, and, of course, she was very jaundiced, and we had to stay an extra two days um, from when we were supposed to go home. Uh, the pediatrician just kept coming in and bugging me about Hep B and all of these other things. And so, like, postpartum kind of sucked just because – they were really pushy on, on the vaccines. Um, but we finally got home and, and it was, it was better from there. So I remember like getting home and feeling like really proud of myself because I mean, I just had a back. like, that's awesome. Like any way you cut it, like, that's awesome. And like, yeah. I remember being really proud and like, just, yes, I had a back and like posted on Facebook and just so like, glowing but then like also in the back of my head like 
well, all these things happened that I didn't want to happen. And I, I remember like almost like not really letting myself think about the thing happened that I didn't want to happen. And I didn't really let myself think about them for a long time. Uh, just because like, I didn't want to like ruin that feeling of accomplishment, like after having that feedback, cause it was just something that like, I just focused on and that I had to have, and that it was really important to me. So I guess I kind of felt like if I acknowledged all the things that happened that I didn't want to happen, that it would be like diminishing the fact that I had a vaginal birth. I guess like that's how I felt about it. Right. And so I don't, I don't know like how postpartum I was or anything like that. Like it gets, it gets blurry, but I, I remember like starting to think about it more and like it bothering me and being like, Oh, you know, I, I mean, I started looking into the like circum valid placenta thing and like realizing that they couldn't diagnose that through ultrasound and realizing that like, my midwife kind of gave up pretty easily on me and that it's, I kind of started to feel like she just didn't want to have me as a client because mm-hmm. like, I just kind of felt like she took the easy way out after learning more about it and, and seeing like how other people's like births have had went on and like other midwives. And just, I just remember feeling like kind of betrayed. Like, I don't think that she, I don't think that she like, did it to be malicious but I, I don't think like she cared enough to try any harder yeah absolutely so yeah so I just I didn't feel good then um and then I I didn't feel good about like the drugs and the epidural and the coached pushing and the vitamin k after that and so I just like really started researching like at that point I really started researching I started like getting down into like the deep of things and I mean of course like we all do like join Facebook groups and things like that and I remember coming across like a group that was for free birth and I don't even remember like the name of the group but I joined it and uh because I didn't I didn't even know like what it was like when I saw it I was like free birth what is this like you know, all these women are having their babies at home. So let me see what they're doing. And, um, I found out that they were having their babies at home with no midwife. And I was like, Oh my God, these people are crazy. Like how, (laughs) (laughs) how are they doing that? Like, is that illegal? Like, are their husbands letting them do that? Like, (laughs) I just remember thinking like it was crazy, but like I started reading more. Like, I remember, like, at one point, like, like telling my friends about it. Like, These people are having home births with no midwives. Like, can you all believe that? And um, I, I started reading through the group more. And, I mean, as time went on, I was like, okay, you know, they don't seem to be just doing this willy-nilly. Like, I see that they're, like, making informed decisions and, like talking about all these things and like seeing like people's reasonings behind doing it and like their lack of options for care and lack of respect and like the hospital system. And so I just like started, I was like, okay, you know, I could, I could understand like why you would do that. Like I started coming around to it more. And I remember like thinking like that is really awesome for them, but I don't think that I could ever do that. That scares me. And, um, 
So I went from thinking it was crazy and they were crazy to like, okay, I could see that, but it's not for me. Mm-hmm. And like, it just kind of went to the back of my mind. And um, I'm trying to think. So Holden, I got pregnant with Holden in 2019. So Emma was born in, the boys were born in 2013. Emma was born in 2016. Holden was born in 2019. I also got pregnant with him in 2019. Um, and he was not planned. Like we were done. Like I, I was done. I don't want any more babies. I had two boys and a girl. Like I was happy. Um, and I ended up having a miscarriage and, or I ended up getting pregnant and, um, being really disappointed. Like, I don't want to be pregnant. Like I didn't want this to happen. And, uh, I ended up having like miscarrying that pregnancy at eight weeks, which was like the latest I had ever had a miscarriage. Um, like we had seen the heartbeat and all that stuff, um, beforehand actually we didn't even see the heartbeat I was monitoring the heartbeat on a Doppler at home I found the heartbeat at like seven weeks and I was listening to it just because I was really anxious because I have a history of miscarriage and um I all of a sudden around eight weeks I couldn't hear it anymore I couldn't find it and um I just kept like, everybody's like, oh, you know, it's really early. Like you probably just, you know, it moved and it's in a weird spot. Like it's weird that you could find the heartbeat that early anyways. And, um, I just knew, like, I knew that it had stopped beating like in, in my head. I was like, no, something's wrong. Um, and I went to the ER and they were like, yeah, you know, there's, there's no heartbeat. And so, uh, that miscarriage hit me pretty hard just because I was, I was the only one working at that time. I was like the main breadwinner. So I was working. Um, My husband was staying home with the kids. Oh, no, we lost you. (laughs) Oh, man. It's probably the same thing. She was like, oh, better hang up. (laughs) She was wondering if she could last phone calls. Can y'all hear me? I'm yep. so sorry. Okay. I'm like, I'm popular tonight. People keep calling me. I don't know. That's what I said. <laughs> I don't know what the deal is. Like, nobody ever calls me unless it's like a birth <laughs> client. And so, yeah, the next um, call is going to be a, a woman in labor. So <laughs> I know. I'm going to have to like grab a bag and leave in my pajamas. <laughs> but, um, okay. So that, that miscarriage, like, it hit me pretty hard just because I was in like a weird time in my life. Like, I was, I was the main breadwinner. My husband was staying home with the kids. Um, Everything was just kind of, like, rocky at that point. Like, I was I was working a job that, like, I was really good at, but I hated it. Like, I was making really good money and, like, supporting my family, but I hated it, like, so much. And my boss was a jerk. And so, like, he was giving me a really hard time about missing so much work um, due to having, like, bleeding and, and things like that and just, like, cramping and not feeling good. And, like, I just mentally wasn't there either and so like I I was I was missing a good bit of work and he was giving me a hard time about it and so with that miscarriage I opted for a DNC just because um I needed to get back to work like just plain and simple I needed to be able to work without having him breathing down my neck about when I was coming back so I was like well I'll just have the DNC and um 
I'll go back to work. Like I'll take my three days or whatever off that they gave, give me after the DNC Then I'll go back to work. And so that's what I did. And, um, I don't know like what happened. I, I don't know if like, this is common for anyone else, but like after that, I, I got to thinking, I was like, you know what? I really do want another baby. Um, and so like that just kind of sparked wanting, I don't, and I don't know if that, I still haven't really worked through that. I don't know if that's just from like being pregnant and then losing it and like feeling a, a type of void. I'm not sure. Or if like, I really actually wanted another baby for other reasons. I don't know, but I wanted another baby. So we, um, we started trying and we got pregnant with Holden right after that. Um, and of course at that point, uh, I, I wanted another home birth. Um, but like I said, we like, I was working and I was making good money, but I, we were not like surplus. Like we weren't in the position to like put out thousands of dollars to a midwife at that point. And, um, I, I decided that I should just go to these midwives at a birthing center located in a hospital, um, and go there because they took my insurance and, you know, it would be kind of like a home birth because it's a birthing center in a hospital. I don't know like what I was thinking that, but (laughs) they, they were CNMs. And so I started out seeing them, um, and they were nice. I don't have like really any complaints about them. Um, but it was also two hours away. So I was driving like two hours away to each appointment. Jeez. Yeah. Like I, when I say I live in the middle of nowhere, I literally live in the middle of nowhere. So that sounds like, awesome. I want that. Yeah. I, I, I love <laughs> it. Like it has really awesome perks, but then like, if you want to go somewhere, you, you got to drive. So I, I was doing that. I was driving to those midwives and seeing them and like, I, I just remember, like, thinking, I don't know, like, to what point I was pregnant. I was probably, like, I don't know, like, 12 or 14 weeks. And um, I think I was, like, washing my face in the bathroom, and it just hit me. I was, like, if I don't have a home birth, because I, I said that this was going to be my last baby. Like, holding was supposed to be our last. And I said, if I don't try to get the birth that I want this time, I'm never going to get it. And I'm going to always re- wonder, like, what could have been. And, uh, at that point I had a conversation with my husband. I was like, look, like he, he had got a new job at that point too. So we were doing a little better financially. And I told him that, um, you know, a lot of money and I know that things are tight, but if I don't try to have this home birth, like it's, it's going to mess with me. Like it's, it's already kind of messing with me, like emotionally, like I just, like, I need to do this. And he was like, okay, you know. He's, he's really just kind of a, like, go-with-the-flow kind of husband. Like, he just does whatever I need him to do, like, in those aspects. So, I'm thankful for that. Um, and then at, I think it was, like, at 17 weeks. No, no, let me back up a little bit. So, I told him I wanted to have the home birth, and he was like, okay. And, like, I remember kind of thinking about free birth because, like, there was the money aspect and the insurance aspect and, like, me trying to, like, think about, like, making, like, a responsible decision while also realizing that I needed to just 
like do what I wanted to do, um, regardless of like the financial aspect. And so like, I remember thinking about free birth and I remember being like, no, like money's not a good enough reason to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I had a consultation with a midwife and I was probably like 14, 15 weeks. And, um, I talked with her and she was really great. She was very hands off. Um, so she told me, she said that she, I mean, I kind of explained it to her that I just, I didn't want her to do anything. I was like, I don't want cervical checks. I don't want like you checking me with like a Doppler. I don't want you to touch me. I, I just, I just want to have my baby at home, like by myself. Like, I don't want you to do anything unless I need you to do something. And, um, she was very okay with that. She said, yeah, that's basically what I do. She said, I sit on my hands. Um, I'm basically just there as an insurance policy. If you need me, then, you know, I'll be there to help you. Um, and she was, she was really great. Uh, I liked her. We clicked. I even mentioned to her that, um, I had thought about free birth, but I, I wasn't like confident with it because I didn't know what I would do in an emergency situation. And, uh, she didn't really have a lot to say about that. She was just like, yeah, that's, you know, that's understandable. And so I hired her. I saw her, um, I don't know how many weeks I was. I'm trying to like think, but I have no idea. I saw her shortly after that for like our first prenatal and it went really well. She was really sweet. Um, we like listened to the heartbeat and like talked and it was just really like calm. Like she came to my house and we had coffee, like, it was just really, like, relaxed and comfortable, and I remember, like, thinking, like, yes, this is, like, exactly, like, what I feel like it should be like, you know, and I don't know, like, as the weeks went on, like, I just kept thinking about free birth, and I kept, like, looking in those unassisted groups, and I just, like, I kept thinking about how I trusted like my other doctors to do what was best for me. And I trusted the other midwife to do what was best for me. And I trusted all these other people to do what was best for me in my birth. And none of them did what was best for me. None of them like put my wants or needs like ahead of their own thoughts. And none of them really took into consideration like what I actually wanted or what I actually needed, even though. I thought that they would and I trusted that they would and they seemed like they would up until like the very end. And so I just like kept thinking about that and it wasn't anything in particular that like the midwife had done that made me think that way. I I guess it was just like, I had a thing with like having, like it began to not feel safe to have like an authority figure in my birth space. Right. It, It just like, it's like, you know, she could just switch up on me at any minute and there's like nothing that I could do like in the moment. Like, and so I just kept thinking about that and it just, it really kept bugging me. And I, um, I talked to my husband a little bit about it and he was like, Oh, I don't know about that. Cause I don't know like, you know what I would do. And that kind of scares me. And so I talked to him about it a little bit and I let him sit on it while I was sitting on it and thinking about it because I really wanted to like take the time and be sure that I was considering free birth for like whatever right reasons there are that you consider it. I mean, it's different for everyone, but like I said, like I had that also that financial aspect in the back of my head and I wanted to be sure that I wasn't 
considering it just based off of that because I knew that that wasn't something that I wanted to do. And so, um, yeah, I just kept thinking about it and it just kept not feeling right to have someone else there that I thought would be able to step in and tell me what to do or call 911 or, or manage me this way or require me to do that or, you know, whatever. I just wanted to be like free in my space and I wanted to call up the shots and I just wanted to take control. Like I wanted to be in complete control. I remember talking with a friend about it at work and uh, I was like, yeah, I'm going to text, I'm going to text the midwife today and tell her that I don't need her anymore. <laughs> and so um, I did, I texted her. Well, actually first I talked to my husband because he, he was taking a couple of like he was like in a weird space where he didn't want to talk to me about it. And I was like, you know, I'm like, I'm pregnant. Like this is happening. Like you, like, I'm, I don't remember how far along I was. I was like, we're going to have a baby soon. And like, I'm trying to talk to you about how we're going to birth it. And you need to talk to me about it. And he didn't want to. Um, and I finally like approached him and was like, Hey, you know, if you don't talk to me about this, like you're just going to be kept out of the loop because one way or another, like I'm going to do whatever decision I think is best for me and you're either going to be there or you're not. Mm -hmm. And, um, I remember like I said something, I was like, I will go in the woods next to a river if I want to, you know, like you're, you're just going to have to get on board either way. And so, um, I love that. I kind of got like a little, (laughs) I kind of got like a little stern, but I think that's what he needed because at that point he was just like, okay, you know, whatever you think is right. Like I trust you. Good. Because so many women let like their men decide where they're going to give birth. And I'm like, stop. (laughs) Yes. For sure. We need more of that. It's such a thing for me. It's such like a a hard, a hard like spot for me because like, while he didn't like adamantly like push back and tell me, no, he's, he still kind of tried to deter me at first away from it. And I mean, really all, all that it took was me. Whoop. No. <laughs> That's the birth. <laughs> hear me? Yes, we can okay. hear you. Okay, thank God. <laughs> but where did I leave off? Um, you were saying that he was trying to deter you? Okay, yes. He was trying to like he was trying to put it off thinking that I would stop talking about it. Like he, he does that. He's like, oh, I'm just gonna not say anything and she'll quit talking about it. And so he thinks that works and it doesn't. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, I mean, all it really took was just me like telling him like, look, I'm going to do this with or without you. And he got on board. And I feel like most husbands that respect and trust their wife and people that have like a strong relationship with their partners, husbands or wives or whatever. I, I feel like that that would happen more if women would put their foot down more. Because I see so much, they're like, oh, my husband said I can't. And that's just that. That's just the end story. Like, the husband calls all the shots. And so I also understand, like, people saying, well, it needs to be, like, a mutual respect thing. But honestly, not when it comes to birth. Because it's the woman who has the baby in her body. It's the woman who's going to be birthing the baby. We have this connection to our babies and our bodies and our intuition that men like couldn't even begin to wrap their head around. There's no way that they can make a better decision regarding a birth plan than the pregnant woman can. 
Exactly. And it's such a monumental decision. Like it's not something to take lightly. It's not like, no. oh, well, I'll just have my first one in the hospital to make him happy. And then after no, like mm-hmm. your birth impacts the rest of your life and your baby's life and how your mental state of mind is and any future births. Yeah. So it's not something to bow down to. No, not at all. And another thing is for me, it's like, I know you're the father and or you're, you know, another parent of this child and I know that you care about them and you love them, but nobody loves and wants this baby to be healthy more than I do. Like I'm their mom. Like yes. it's it's just it can't it can't happen. So I'm really glad that I like put my foot down there. Um I'm glad that I didn't like let him talk me out of it or let him say anything else about it because after I did put my foot down he was on board and he was completely supportive um after that I let the midwife know I was like I texted her and I was like hey I wanted to give you a call after work because I really think that we're just gonna have an unassisted birth and I wanted to talk to you about it and um Mm -hmm. I was really nervous about doing that because I guess like I thought that she would like maybe judge me or like try to scare me Um, but I really liked this midwife and we had gotten along well. I didn't just want to like ghost her or just be like, you're fired and not give her like a reason. And like, for whatever reason, I felt like I didn't want to like leave her hanging. And so, um, I talked to her one day after work and she basically just told me that, um, her being there didn't make birth safer than it would be if she wasn't there. I love Um, that. Yeah. And that like shocked me because I wasn't expecting that. I was thinking that she was going to tell me all these things could go wrong and you need me. And she was just basically like, you know, like you, you know, like when something's wrong, you know, like if you need to seek care. And um, she told me to just educate myself and feel confident in my decision and that she was she wished me luck. And so we left that on a really good note. I felt good about it. Um, that's wonderful. I yeah. love, love that she was that way. We need more midwives to do that because that's really the job. That yeah. is what you're supposed to do. You want them to feel confident to birth without you. So that's awesome that she replied like that. I love that. Yeah, I, I do too. She wasn't just outright like, yeah, do it. But she wasn't like, oh, no, you can't do that. So that was great because I had had another midwife like in a Facebook group one time like tell me that she was confident enough to free birth at home but she was smart enough not to do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I was like oh, she's smart she's my girl yeah so I was like okay like that was like my first like roundabout with a midwife on Facebook so I was nervous but um yeah she she is very respectful and I will like forever be grateful to her for being respectful because that was just like another fight that I thought I was gonna have to have for whatever I didn't have to justify my feelings to her, but like I, I felt like I would have at that time for whatever reason. So I'm thankful that she didn't push me on that. Um, and so like I was like 17, 18 weeks at that time, maybe closer to 20. I'm not sure. And um, we had just been paying her by appointment. So like I had already just like I'd paid her for what she did and I didn't owe her any more money. So that was nice. Um, so we just kind of went our separate ways. Um, and then, yeah, I didn't really do much after that. Like I 
I was like, yeah, I'm going to do my own prenatal care or whatever. But I just didn't felt like I needed to do anything. Like I took that time to just, I remember researching. I remember like hemorrhage, like scaring my husband. Like my husband was like, what if you bleed too much? And like, I remember researching that and how to avoid it and how to recognize it and how to manage it if it did happen. And then how to know like, when it would be time to like actually seek out assistance. And so I just followed those steps. Like every fear that came up, like I followed those steps, like, okay, how do we avoid it? How do we manage it? Like, how do we recognize it? And then how do we know when to seek assistance? And I just, I mean, I did that for everything that came up. And, um, as time went on, like I got more confident and I didn't, it was like, just, I didn't have any fear. Like by the time, like I was close to having him. I was just, I wasn't nervous. I wasn't worried. Um, I was really excited <laughs> to have him. I had never been like so excited to give birth in my life. Um, because I just, I felt like, I felt like I was finally going to get what I wanted. Um, I did hire a doula, um, to come and come to my birth. She's actually an herbal doula. Um, I had her on Facebook, um, And I don't, I don't remember like how we met. Like, I don't remember. I think, I think it was probably like that Facebook group where that midwife said that to me. um, Cause I was asking about free birth. I'm pretty sure she maybe messaged me or like commented or something. And um, so I connected with her and um, she was a big help on like helping me find resources and, um, talk to me about like pain management because that was something that I had a really hard time with with Emma and she just really helped me get into like a positive headspace um, and it felt good to just have another like woman there who I knew was like knowledgeable in birth and trusted birth but wasn't there to take over like I I right. felt confident that she like wouldn't step in and she wouldn't like go past these boundaries that we had set up like I trusted her to not do those things and um that it was really nice to have that because while my husband is supportive I mean there's just like like I guess a he a man can only be like so passionate about birth I guess I don't know like he wasn't like it's just different with a woman it's just different like having a woman to talk to about it and and like bounce ideas off of and gather information with and just like hold space and so um, yeah, it was just so nice to have her. And, um, I had Emma at 41 weeks and I really thought that I would go past my guest date with Holden. Um, I was like fully prepared to go to like 42 weeks with her or more. Um, and I don't know if I prepared myself for that just because I like wanted to like mentally like prepare myself to, to go that far because I didn't want to like place any expectations on my birth I didn't want to like feel like worried when my due date came and went or think that I needed to like do these things so I can do slavery so like I I really like in my own brain I just made myself comfortable with like whatever was going to happen like oh yeah I might go to 43 weeks it's no big deal and so I kept telling myself that um but actually I was like 39 weeks in one day and I got out of bed and I was making my kids, my older kids breakfast. And, um, I felt like a pop and a gush. 
And um, I was like, oh, I'll be right back. I got to go to the bathroom. And so um, I went and it was like tinged pink, like fluid. Um, And I remember like, oh my God, like thinking, oh my God, did my water just break? Like, is that what that is? Like, because I'd never experienced that before. Cool. And so it was, it was like a, it was a cool feeling. And, um, I texted my doula center, like pictures of the fluid, um, like on the toilet paper or whatever. And cause I was like, it's pink, you know, what is, you know, what's that about? She's like, Oh, it's probably, you know, just cervical changes. Like, yeah, it looks, it probably looks like your water. Like just, she told me to rest and hydrate. And if I had any last minute things I wanted to get done to do them, um, uh, and basically let her know, uh, when I needed her and so she was just really calm and collected was like yeah that could be your water you can meet your baby soon that's awesome and so um I went back in the kitchen and I told the kids like my husband had just got up I told everybody like hey we might have a baby soon my water broke or is you know trickling or whatever and so we finished breakfast and like I cleaned up and like I talked to the kids a little bit more about it and they were really excited And, um, like I said, like, I really didn't let myself have any, like, expectations about, like, what was going to happen. And I'm all, I'm so grateful for that because, like, this birth was not, like, textbook. This birth was not, like, anything I had known about, like, to happen before. It didn't go, like, I thought it would at all. Um, I mean, we always hear, like, oh, your water breaks and you're in labor, you know? Um, or your water breaks and, you know, you're going to have a baby, you know, in 10 hours or whatever. And, um, that didn't happen. Like labor didn't start, um, for a long time. I had like really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Inconsistent, um, Mm -hmm. contractions. They were really like inconsistent and they were really like weak at first. And so I just kept going about my day. Um, water just kept gushing just gushing, 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 like, so much, like, I couldn't, like, keep dry pants on, um, and uh, I remember, like, thinking, like, when is, like, when is something gonna happen, like, I think we got to, like, 12 hours, and nothing still was really happening, and I was just trying to rest and hydrate, like my doula had said, I made, like, some food, and I went and walked the park, and, um, I remember, like, walking the park, and every time I'd take a step, like, more water would gush out, and, like, I had, like, a towel with me, and I just wiped myself park. <laughs> soaking wet in the park, and um, I had a friend come over, and she, like, ate dinner, and had her little one with her, and, like, our kids played, and we talked. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I thought I lost you. And, um... I remember just, like, I remember, like, at one point, like, the gushing stopped. Like, it stopped, and it it didn't come back. Um, And so I was thinking, okay, like, maybe nothing is going to happen. I don't know. But I was still having, like, contractions. They were still pretty irregular, but they were probably, like, they'd be, like, 20 minutes apart, and then they'd be, like, 15. And, like, at one point, they got to 10, and then they'd go back to 20. Like, it was just really inconsistent. And, um... I remember like sitting on my ball and I did the mile circuit a couple of times and I took showers and uh, things like that. And uh, I think I even like took a Benadryl one night to let me go to sleep. 
um, because like my mind was just really busy and I couldn't, I just, I couldn't get my mind to rest. And so I did that to sleep. Um, and then the next day came around and same thing, nothing really. Um, but as the, it had, it had been about, I'm trying to think like how many hours it had been at that point, like the next day, it had been probably like 30 something hours at that point. It was over 24 because I remember Googling, like at what point we have your baby after your water breaks and it said like 24 hours or something weird. And, um, I remember it being over 24 hours. Um, and so I just like stayed around the house that day and like texted my doula and let her know that nothing was really happening. And she was just like really reassuring, just told me if, um, if I felt led to, I could just monitor myself for fever and just make sure that there was no like, uh, foul smelling like discharge or like, um, odd color. Like if my waters like were like a gross color, or, like weird color, or anything like that, just, you know, different signs that I could watch for. Um, and I wasn't having any, anything like I felt fine. I didn't have fever. Like the water had stopped gushing. Like i I felt good. Um, but as the night started coming in, I remember it's like really foggy at this point. Cause like you're just in labor land and things are just like in and out. And like, I just remember like bits and pieces, but I do remember I started to bake a cake that evening. And, um, because I, I had read something, I was like, oh, bake a cake. And by the time the cake's done baking, you know, your baby will be ready to come. I don't know. Like, I was just trying to keep myself busy. And, um, I, ba- I was baking the cake and, um, my contractions started getting like closer together. And I remember by the time the cake came out of the oven, I needed to go lay down. And, um, I told my husband I was going to go lay down. I had been like, leaning on the counters and swaying my hips and like I noticed I was kind of starting to get like a little bit loud like it felt good to be loud like with the contractions and um I went and I laid down and I turned all the lights out turned the fan on I turned my noise machine on I texted my doula told her what was happening um and I laid there for a long time. I don't know how long, but I laid there for a long time and just tried to relax. And, um, I couldn't talk through them anymore. And I just remember breathing like with the sound from my sound machine, just, just breathing really deeply. Um, and I remember it was so cool because like between each contraction, I could feel my baby like move and work his way down. And so I just like, I remember having my hand on my stomach and feeling that and just thinking like, wow, like that's like the craziest thing that I've ever felt. Like I could, I could feel him getting ready to come. And, um, it was, it was really neat. And, um, I just remember like laying there with my hand on my stomach and feeling him move and like connecting with him and just like feeling like I was looking like at myself from above. Like, it was weird. Like, just an out-of-body experience. I'd never experienced it before. Mm -hmm. And um, I texted my doula, like, at that point. I was like, hey, I think I need you to come. And so she was on her way. Um, I got out of bed. I think my husband might have been on his. No, my husband was in there with me at that point. He had came in there at one point. I don't remember when. And was, like, rubbing my head and, like, 
running his fingers through my hair. And um, I remember I, I said, I need to get up and go pee. And while I'm doing that, I need you to fill up the birth pool. And um, I remember sitting on the toilet and like, I have a group chat with all of my friends and they were all like texting. And I, I remember texting the group chat and being like, I, I can't talk to y'all right now. Like, I don't know why, like I, I texted them that, but I was like, I can't talk to y'all right now. And like, I put my phone like up. And, um, I remember sitting on the toilet did not feel good at all. And so I was on my hands and knees in the bathroom while my husband was filling up the pool, just rocking back and forth and, and roaring and just breathing and just, um, just in another world. And he got the pool like pretty full. And I mean, it, it, wasn't even over my belly yet but I just needed to get like somewhere comfortable and um, I got in the pool and I had like my whole little space set up I had the pool with my lights and my birth affirmations and like the dim like all the like the big lights out and so like it was really just beautiful it was just a really calming space um I didn't mention earlier, like my, my older kids were gone. My mom came and got them. Um, and I didn't tell anyone in my family that I was in labor either. I just was like, Hey, the kids want to come stay the night. And I sent them away, um, just because they were really rambunctious. And I, um, didn't feel like I could work through it with them, uh, there. And so, um, in the birth pool, I hear the, I hear my doula get there. Um, she came in really quietly and, came into the room and just, um, uh, immediately just, uh, like she got me water to drink and she just sat and she, um, just held space for a while. And I remember telling her that my, my back was hurting. Like I had terrible back pain and, um, she applied counter pressure and that was really helpful. Um, and I remember like being in the pool and like asking myself like, oh my gosh, this is taking so long. I don't like know how much longer I can do this. And um, it's, it was like I was having a conversation in my head because I wasn't saying these things out loud, but I was like fully like talking to myself in my head. <laughs> and I, I said at one point, I was like, I don't know like why anyone in their right mind would do this. Like, why would you do this at home? Like, this is... <laughs> Like, I'm so, like, I was, because I was just hurting, and I was, you know, uncomfortable, but I wasn't, like, making, like, hardly any sounds, like, outwardly, but I was telling myself in my head, like, this is crazy, and um, I, I kind of started to, like, I, like, like, when I said that to myself, and I immediately was, like, no, this is fine, like, this is good, like, I remember locking eyes on an affirmation card that I had hung up and it said, uh, my baby and I are safe. And I just kept saying that to myself because like once I started letting like doubt creep into my mind, I felt fear and panic like come over me. I, I just like felt it. And I'm so thankful I was able to immediately realize that and like bring myself back down because I think that's what happened with Emma and me not being able to handle the contractions is like I let that doubt and that fear set in and I, I couldn't bring myself back from it and so um I, and then you know I had the epidural and all those things and so I was able to bring myself back away from that and just focus and um 
not long after that, I, the water just like, didn't feel good to me anymore. I was just like, I need out of this pool. Like this doesn't feel good. Um, I went to the bathroom to try to sit on the toilet and that felt terrible. That was like, I know so many women say it's relieving, but it was like the worst for me. It was so bad. I have to agree. I did not find any peace or help in the toilet. I was like, this? It, yes. brings, them fast. it brings them really fast. So no, don't feel good. <laughs> it was terrible. I was like, and our bathroom's small. And so like the counter pressure on my back was helping so much like that my doula was doing and she like couldn't get to me on the toilet and I was like screw this like I gotta get somewhere where you can do whatever you were doing to my back because that was like (laughs) awesome and so I got up and I like walked and I stood in the kitchen for a second and then I went to the uh, couch and I got on the couch for whatever reason and I asked my husband to get some pillows and he turned the corner and I, I remember like feeling myself like feeling down And I felt just, like, really open. Like, I didn't feel, like, internally or anything like that. I could just feel, like, everything, like, opening. And I started to shake. And I, like, yelled for my husband. I was like, you need to come back. Like, forget the pillows. And, um, like, it's crazy because it happened so fast. But I remember thinking, like, get off of the couch. Like, do not ruin the couch. Like, I'm like, you're going to have to clean that. Like, get up right now. (laughs) I, um, I got off the couch and I got onto the floor and I think I tried to like lean backwards onto my husband, like, like lean into him. And that did not feel good at all. And I got on my hands and knees and that also didn't feel good. And like, somehow, like I ended up, it was around Christmas and I, I ended up like on the floor on my belly with one leg pulled up under the, like my head under the Christmas tree. And, um, I got in that position and like, that was the only thing that felt good to me. Like, and now I see pictures and I think about it and I'm like, Oh my God, that looks so uncomfortable. But that was the only (laughs) thing that felt right. And, um, I didn't push or anything. Um, my body just pushed, like it just pushed him out. And, um, I remember my husband saying like he could see his head and, um, like not, I don't, I don't know, like the time frame or anything, but like right after that, like his head came out and, um, and I remember like my body giving me like a pause, like right when his head came out, like it was like, it just stopped and I could breathe for a second. And, um, my husband says you need to push and like I could I I didn't even have time to process it but my husband was like you need to push his heads out and uh, my doula said no it's it's okay for her to rest like her her body will do it and it's you know basically don't panic like she kind of brought my husband like back down because he he did sound kind of panicky and so um not long after that I felt his shoulders I felt him rotate I felt the rest of him come out and my husband caught him and um I flipped over I mean I'm sure I played laid there for a second and uh I flipped over and my husband's just like holding him like he's got his hand his head in one hand and his butt in the other he's just like holding him and um he just looks like he's in shock he's and he's like crying and he's like oh my god like you did it like I can't believe you did it and um 
he hands him to me because he's like shaking. He hands him to me and um, my doula gives me a towel and I rub his back. He, he didn't like cry right away. He, he didn't really like do anything for a minute. I mean, like I said, time is so like distorted, but um, he didn't like come out crying or anything like that. And he felt really calm. He just felt like he just felt really at peace. And, um, I rubbed his back and he kind of let out a little cry and he was kind of like gurgly or whatever, but like that, that went away pretty soon. And, uh, I just, I remember like, um, like just laying there with him on my chest and I started laughing like a belly laugh, like just laughing and just, (laughs) just told my doula, I was like, I'm so happy that's over like that was awesome but I'm so happy it's over and just like laughing and I mean I don't know if that's just like that oxytocin like coming over me (laughs) I was just like laughing so hard and like it was just the best feeling and um I laid on the floor for a good while because I remember my husband like changing because like my my water like as his head was coming out like my water hadn't like completely broken, I guess. Like maybe like the second layer or whatever was still there, but like it burst all over him. He was soaking wet. And so, um, he went and changed and I laid on the floor until he came back. And then like him and my doula helped me on the couch and we sat there for a long time. Um, my placenta was still inside of me. It hadn't been birthed yet. So, um, I was just like sitting on a Chuck's pad on the couch and, looking at him and like he nursed right away and um trying to think like I remember like the after pains being really like painful and I remember like thinking to myself like oh if I could just get this placenta out I would feel a lot better and um I I sat there I sat there for a while like we didn't cut the cord until like an hour after because i I didn't want to cut it any sooner than an hour I had planned um to keep it attached for a lot longer than that but his cord was really short um I couldn't like he was more like on my belly than my chest um and I couldn't bring him up like super high like I could barely latch him to nurse that's how low he was and I was just really uncomfortable so after an hour and my placenta hadn't came uh we cut the cord and uh let my husband hold uh hold him while I went to sit on the toilet I tried to sit on the toilet over like a bowl to see if it would come out my placenta and it didn't um my doula came in with me and uh she was like well and I I for whatever reason wanted to get in the bathtub and so I did that I got in the tub and I like squatted in the tub and like sat in the tub for a little bit and like rinsed all the blood off of me and um it didn't come and, um, I remember like asking her, like, what, like, do I like do anything? Like, what do I do? And she was like, what do you feel like you need to do? And I was like, I feel like I really just need to sit down. I'm really like tired. And, um, she's like, okay, well, let's get you, uh, wherever you want to go and sit down and rest. And so, um, I got back on the couch and, um, I went to sleep. I went to sleep like I slept for like four hours and my doula stayed with us the whole time while I slept on the couch and Justin held the baby and um I rested and I woke up 
and I realized what time it was and I kind of started to feel bad that she was still there um, because she did she wouldn't leave until um, my placenta came she wanted to make sure everything was okay and I said okay so let me let me get up and try to get this placenta out so it had been like five hours at that point and um, I got a chucks pad laid it over the floor squatted over it and it, it wasn't coming still but I kind of tugged the cord and I could tell that it wasn't attached like it had detached from my uterus um just like I don't even know like how to explain how I felt that I just didn't feel like any like pain when I tugged I didn't like feel any like anything like internal like when I was tugging on it it just felt like it was just at the opening and just like sitting there and so um I tugged it out myself I just tugged it out right there and it came out and um it was fine everything was fine I didn't really I didn't bleed a lot like there were some clots like behind it um and I remember I do like telling me probably just because it had like been sitting there for a minute um and then yeah after that my doula like she helped us clean up like she had did some laundry and like cleaned up like they had emptied the birth pool and cleaned it and um she had like mopped the floor too because there was like blood and whatever everywhere and uh, she left and we cuddled our new baby and that was it like my kids came home the next day and we had a baby and um yeah it was really calm and peaceful and I didn't have anyone telling me what to do I had people asking me what I wanted to do which I had never experienced before um and it was it was just I couldn't imagine like it being any better than it was it was awesome I love that so much and how would you compare your postpartum experience oh my god like I I felt like I didn't even have a baby like I I remember um I remember like thinking like I'm not sore I'm not swollen I'm like I didn't tear like I had a second degree tear with Emma I didn't have a tear with this one with Holden um I wasn't like, like, I don't know, like after Emma's birth, I remember like waddling around just because like nothing felt right down there and everything like burned and felt just like stretched out and just swollen and achy. And I didn't feel any of that this time. I felt so good. Um, I felt so good that I had to like remind myself that I did just have a baby and I needed to like sit down. Right. Absolutely. And is it okay to ask about your current pregnancy? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm like 14 weeks right now, I think somewhere around in there. Uh, this was like completely unplanned, did not want any more babies. (laughs) Um, I'm actually like, like I, I'm, I'm keeping like a pregnancy journal and like, I just wrote in it today. I was like, do I kind of feel like some excitement like coming about or maybe like some peace coming around because I really haven't felt like settled with this pregnancy just because I had planned to um, just dive more into like education this coming year. And I really wanted to focus on like my birth keeping business and all of that. And so like having a baby has, is going to slow that down for me and change some things up. And so I really had a hard time, like, or I've, I mean, still I've had a hard time like coming to terms with having another baby this time, but I'm, I'm getting like better at it. I'm feeling a little bit more positivity around it. Um, Good. 
yeah, so I'm feeling way better. I did see um, a midwife at the very beginning of this pregnancy because of my loss of my my history of loss. I uh, drone that I normally take, and I wanted an initial ultrasound. Right. Um, I know that those things like may or I mean I know the ultrasound's like not going to change anything, but it did give me a peace of mind, and um, so does the progesterone. So I did do that. Um, but I haven't done anything else. Um, and I don't really plan to, um, probably just kind of like holding, like if I feel like I need to do something, I will. Um, but I just don't feel like I do. So I'm just kind of like following that intuition again this time. And I plan to do the same thing that I did with Holden. Um, I'll have the same doula that I hired here with me. Um, I'm going to have the kids here this time, hopefully. Um, I really want them to be a part of it. Um, so, yeah, I'm just planning another free birth. I am excited about that part. Like, I remember, like, oh, I'm not. Uh, yeah, just for a second. Okay. You said you're not, and then it cut off. Oh, I, I remember, um, like, when I found out I was pregnant, like, I was not excited that I was pregnant but I was excited to plan another free birth so like that that kind of helped <laughs> the excitement yeah, a little bit that's so cool so this being your second free birth um is there anything that you're going to want to plan differently or anything you wish you did differently in your last free birth that you're going to do this time so um I mean the main thing that I wish I would have did differently, like with Holden's is I wish I would have like listened to my intuition a lot earlier in my pregnancy. I wish that I would have, um, just did what I knew that I needed to do from the very beginning, rather than just being so back and forth and like thinking about like, Oh, what are, what's people going to think? Or like, you know, things like that. So, I mean, I guess I'm already kind of doing things differently, uh, this time than I did last time. Um, because I just, I'm a lot more confident, like here in the beginning, I know what I want. I, um, I don't really have any fears or anything like emotional to work through. Um, I have like all the support that I need right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Um, I do want to try to keep his placenta attached this time and not cut the cord that soon. Um, which I mean, I know it was just, an, I mean, it was an hour that I cut it at, but I really had my heart set on having it like even a possible like Lotus birth. So I'm thinking about that this time. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really kind of like a wing it type of person. Like I'll just kind of go with the flow and like do what feels right. And if something like doing something different feels better than I will. And if doing it the same feels good, then I'll just stick, stick with that. Right. That makes sense. And like you said, just following your intuition. So that sounds perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting excited. Good. And um, I'm really looking forward to when you do have your free birth. Um, I can't wait to hear your story about that because it's just going to be every birth is so life changing and like mind altering. So yes. I'm really excited to hear about this time. Yes. I'm wondering, Holden was kind of like a wild card with my waters. Like my waters were broken. I didn't even mention that they were broken like over 50 hours by the time like active labor had hit and like they broke at like 39 weeks. And so, like I said, I was really prepared to go to 42 and he came at 39 and then like they, they broke for that long and nothing happens. So, like he was kind of a wild card. So 
I'm wondering like how this is going to be. I'm wondering if this is going to be more straightforward or if it's going to be another wild card. Right. And that being said, like uh, knowing that that happened last time, are you doing anything this time to like make your sack stronger or anything like that? Um, I do take, um, a high dose of vitamin C every day. Um, cool. I have been doing that for a while though. Like I'm not, I ha- I didn't like start it because I was pregnant. Um, but I do know that that helps with like strengthening the sack and all that awesome stuff. Um, so I am doing that. So who knows? We may see some like difference with the waters. That's really cool. Cause for me personally, like I actually, um, until this recent birth, I didn't believe that that was the thing. I was like, it's just coincidence. <laughs> but, um, with Noah and then with my surrogacy pregnancy, my water broke before labor began. So I expected that, um, yeah. this time and this pregnancy, I actually drank, like my husband gets fresh puff pressed orange juice like from a citrus grove and so I was having at least like one cup a day for my entire pregnancy and my water didn't break until the end so kind yeah. of wishing the same on you you definitely you, <laughs> you definitely see a difference I'm in a group um on Facebook where it's like all pregnant women like taking high doses of vitamin c and you see a lot of like in call births and things like that in those groups so there's definitely something to it it's really interesting yeah it is really cool All right. Well, is there anything else that you would want to add or share from your experiences? Not that I can think of. I feel like I talked a lot. (laughs) Yeah, it's really good information, though. Like, uh, really helpful for people, especially planning to know that they don't have to go through that um, in the hospital and, like, to reassess what is actually being told to you in your pregnancy and the ultrasounds and all of that. So it's really helpful. Yeah, just definitely just like question things. And I mean, you have options, even if you don't feel like you have options, you do have options. And um, I mean, like I said, I like I had two like high risk, high risk pregnancies. That's like quotations just because of twins and then the placenta thing. But I mean, I feel like they'll tell you that you have a high risk pregnancy, like for anything these days. So like really question those things. Absolutely. And like you said, ask a lot of questions and don't be afraid to say no and figure out your other options. Yeah. And I mean, they really may hate you for it. Like I know that when I started saying no, when I was going to my prenatals with Emma, like I could tell they did not like to see me coming because I really just don't know if that was just like the rebel in me, but like I really started to like question them. Um, and they didn't like it. And you'll really see that animosity. Like once you start saying no and putting your foot down and questioning what they have to say, you'll really see how defensive they get. And if they didn't have anything to hide and if they were giving you the best information for you and helping you make the best decisions like for your birth, that that defensiveness wouldn't be there. They would be able to meet you with education, not with well, I'm your doctor and I said this and you just need to do it or we're going to drop you from care. Yeah. And then just the fear, like, oh, your baby's going to die. Like, why does that have to be the first thing we jump to? Why can't we talk about risk and benefit? Yes. If your doctor drops the dead baby card on you, even once you need to switch. It's just not, it's not worth it because that's going to be their fallback every time. Yep. For sure. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And I really think that your stories are going to help people. Thank you.